When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse. It's episode 120. We're recording on uh, Monday night here, Eastern uh, time in the U.S. Sorry we didn't get to you guys last week. We had some scheduling conflicts after the draw against Lecce. Um, But we've got a lot to talk about, guys. I mean, Thursday, Roma played at Leipzig. Very uh, tough 1-0 loss. And then bounced back yesterday with a a 1-0 win against a Verona side that's been in pretty good form, actually, despite being in the relegation zone. I, I put in the preview, they'd been... I think one of the top six or so sides since the the calendar turn in 2023 and Roma took care of business. Um, and then we get to look ahead to Leipzig again. So how are you feeling after the win? And before we even get into the Europa league, just let's talk about yesterday. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I said this in one of the match reviews that we put up on the site following the match, but Roma have traditionally struggled against clubs that, you know, they shouldn't struggle against. And, 18th place you'd think would be an easy match and nine times out of 10 for Roma usually hasn't been. So the fact that Roma was able to get a clean sheet victory yesterday strikes me as a pretty big win for the club. I think it speaks to the fact that there are higher quality players here now, or maybe players that are more battle tested um, that we're now able to have some rotation, but the team mentality seems to stick through. Uh, I also saw some encouraging things from players who hadn't been playing very much. We'll probably talk about Ola Solbakken in a little bit. But uh, we saw some pretty heavy rotation in part due to injury, in part due to an injury on the pitch. Um, and it didn't cause the entire thing to collapse, which, again, is not something that's been typical for Roma over the past couple of years. So you got to count the wins when you find them. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty impressive win, especially considering, you know, the the midweek result against Salzburg and then with Pellegrini and Dybala out and then Abraham rumored to um, be struggling for fitness um, due to the flu, you know, going into it, you could be totally would have been forgiven for um, expecting this team to draw points, but uh, they made it happen playing some of the best football, um, you know, in the final third that I've seen from this team this season which is, you know, funny given the personnel that we're missing. But um, all in all, it was good to get the result. That was the most important thing. Uh, take advantage of Atalanta's loss to Lecce and um, a great goal by Sol Balkan, and hopefully he can just continue to build on it from here. 
Yeah. Uh, first of all, well, we well you mentioned Lecce. Can we just say that Lecce has been really a, a thorn in the side of every big side this season? So Roma dropping a point down there in Puglia wasn't all that shocking to me last week. I thought they played better in that match than they did in the the win the prior week against Empoli overall, but they just couldn't find that second goal. But Lecce has now pulled the double over Atalanta, matching 2-1 victories. They've beaten Lazio once already. So the fact Roma's taken four points off them is kind of an accomplishment at this point because two of their closest competitors for the top four are uh, Lazio and Max can take three if they win the later season matchup. Atalanta took nothing off this team. I mean, this team drew Napoli, drew Milan, drew Roma, um, played Inter very tough early in the season, played Juve to a one nothing loss. So this team is is no joke. So I think looking at the, the four matches that we talked about heading into it, like Empoli, Lecce, yesterday against Verona and then next week against Cremonese, we were like, well, this could be 12 points. But I, when I looked at it, I figured Lecce would be the toughest test based on how they'd been playing. So look, another win that's seven points so far in three matches, a chance to make it 10 out of 12 next week against Cremonese. I think that'd be a great stretch for Roma, especially considering some of these kind of tricky matches, as Jimmy put it, are sandwiched around Europa League ties against a, a difficult Salzburg side. And and Verona's historically, at least in the last couple of years, been really the, the thorn in Roma's side when you think about it. They they took a point off from last year at the Olimpico, I believe. They they make it tough every time we go up there to the Bentagodi. So in many ways, I thought it was a comfortable one nothing win yesterday. I never felt threatened. It was like, you know, I kind of wish we would get a second goal because that always makes things a little more comfortable against sides like this because there's always the chance of that, like, freak shot, deflection, something goes in past Patricio. Didn't happen yesterday. They only gave up one shot on target, Roma. But um, considering the turnover, I mean, like Brandon mentioned, no Pellegrini, no Dybala, who really makes Roma go. I couldn't believe when I was writing the match preview that Roma without Dybala is averaging like 1.17 points per game in the standings. And when he does play, it's like 2.13. It's a stark contrast. Um, the win yesterday kind of helps that average a little bit, probably pulls it over like one and a quarter points in the standings per in his like seven matches he's missed. But it's really crazy how much they miss him. And yesterday I thought the attack looked fluid at points. And, you know, Abraham only played 14 minutes. It was Belotti, El Shirari, and Solbakken. And um, my buddy, you know, Nick was, you know, making fun of Roma a little bit saying, oh yeah, the Solbakken guy, great, great signing, you know, because he killed him in, in the conference league last year. And then, I said, all he's got to do is, you know, score more goals than Zaniolo or Eldor and, you know, it's already a success. And lo and behold, right before halftime, he scored. And I, I put out a tweet um, because he's now equaled Nicolo Zaniolo's output for the, the you know, six months he was with Roma this season. So it just kind of shows that, you know, if he chips in four or five goals through the rest of this season and in the capacity that he played yesterday, he, he turns into a, a really solid signing, I think. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think that he always sounded like a, a ideal signing. This is the type of signing that, you know, people some, somewhat poo-pooed it when we brought him in. But at the same time, this is how a club like Roma is able to succeed. It's a combination of youth players being promoted with finding diamonds in the rough who then explode. And if you want to, I mean, the most obvious example of that that isn't Roma this season is Kavara over at Napoli, right? Like, yeah. that, this is a guy that nobody had heard of, and he's now basically looking like one of the best forwards in Europe. And that's the type of thing you got to do if you're not given ownership. If like, if even if your ownership is billionaires and it's not just like, you know, an actual country, like, you're going to have to sometimes be a little tight with uh, 
your trans transfer strategy and Solbakken coming on in on a free looks like it could be a great move. Um, even before he was really getting minutes, though, Mourinho was saying that the fact that he wasn't getting minutes wasn't an indictment of Solbakken. It was just him getting used to the tactics and things like that, which is totally understandable. Uh, but yeah, this is his first serious run of minutes. And if we see that from him, even, you know, once a week, once every other week, uh, that that's pretty good for Roma, all things considered. Yeah, admittedly, I was one of those people that was down on him um, when the signing was first announced. It really was more so just sick of hearing the stories about, is he going to join early or is he going to come in January? Yeah. Um, we're suffocated with those. But um, yeah, it's, you know, there's, you always have to be a little bit cautious because think back to a year ago where um, Felix Afenagian burst onto the scene with his game-winning goals. So there's always a little bit of caution before anointing a new player the next big thing. But with Solbakken, there's a little bit bigger of a sample size. I mean, he laid waste to Roma in the Conference League. So look no further than that. But um, so, it, you know, it's it's the, the key is, is he going to build on it? Um, you know, and that's that's partially on Mourinho to give him minutes to do so. Um, given the importance of uh, the midweek teacher fixture against Salzburg, I don't know. You know, he might be one of those you know grenade grenades that you throw in right at the end, hoping to make something happen. But I don't. If everybody's fit, I don't know how many minutes he does get. But for the league, um, especially while you are juggling multiple competitions, he's he's could be a very invaluable piece going forward. Yeah, I agree. He's, you know, he's 24 years old. He's not super young, but he's, you know, kind of entering those prime years, hopefully in the next year or two. And Roma, hopefully you guys picked him up at the right time. You know, his numbers from Bodo aren't like huge goal scoring numbers, but they're solid. It's a guy that looks like he has pretty good pace and it looks like he has some potential. And, you know, if he's a rotation piece on a free transfer, uh, rotating into that starting 11 in matches like this in in matches, maybe like Cremonese after they've got Salzburg and then Juve right after. So you kind of maybe want to rest a Pellegrini or a Dybala or someone like that. It gives you that option. And I think that's, that's perfectly fine for right now. And even if he never turns into a, an out and out starter week in week out on a free transfer, I think it's a solid move. You, you need guys that can rotate in and, and give you minutes when you, you need them. The, the one place they definitely missed Pellegrini and Dybala yesterday was on some of the free kicks. He was taking some of the corner kicks and he was like killing them. I mean, they weren't like out of play, but they were certainly longer than you would, uh, you would hope for on a, a corner kick. So I kind of chuckled at that because they were missing both of their free kick guys yesterday. But overall, I thought it was a very solid performance for Roma. They, they ended up losing the possession battle a little bit in the second half, which is why they, I think, ended up losing the overall possession 53-47. But we've seen Mourinho do that plenty um, this season and last, especially when they're defending a lead. Some solid numbers as I was looking through the the player stats. You know, Chris Smalling won 10 of 11 aerial duels, which is very impressive. Cristante had seven tackles, one. Ibanez, 10, 10 recoveries. So there were some numbers that really jumped out, especially defensively. And, and it kind of speaks to why Roma only gave up one shot on target in the match and uh, seven overall. Roma on their side had five shots on target, nine overall. They, they had a couple chances, especially uh, Montipo made a, a nice save on Belotti toward the end of the match. I could have sealed it. I thought Belotti, when he was called on, I thought he was solid up front. Hold-up play was good. 
Um, a little snake bit not to get a goal, I think, yesterday. Mourinho also referred to the Leipzig match uh, in his presser. He was asked about, you know, he kind of the reporter said, yeah, he kind of deserved one in Leipzig, too. I didn't get to – not Leipzig, I'm sorry, Salzburg, the two Red Bull teams would get mixed up. But I didn't get to watch a whole match, especially when he was in in the second half, to comment on that. But I think he's been kind of finding his footing a little bit more than we saw in the first half of the season. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think that in general uh, – you're seeing players kind of develop a better understanding of their roles. Uh, and I think it's helpful that there have been some injuries, not helpful for Roma's overall plans, but helpful in the sense that players are getting minutes. Uh, defend The only defender that I can think of who deserves minutes, who's not really getting them is of course uh, our, our favorite Marash Kambola. Uh, and whenever he's played though, he's looked impressive. So it's just, I think it's just a question of Mourinho recognizing that, the Mancini, Ibanya, Smalling trio is good enough that you shouldn't be breaking it up on a regular basis. Um, I think it's an open question of what happens with Chris Smalling in the summer over his contract negotiations, and I wouldn't really be that shocked to see Kumbula be slotted into that Smalling spot um, if things don't go well with the contract negotiation. Because as I said already, he's looked good when he's played. Um, beyond that, though, I would say that there is... <laughs> I don't know. After after this match, there seemed to be a decent amount of doom and gloom around around certain Romanisti. Uh, Mourinho had to kind of stand up for uh, Eduardo Bove and a couple others who are apparently being booed uh, at the Olimpico. And I got to say, I just don't understand it. Um, I think that when you look at it, Roma, even if Juventus didn't have that 15 point deduction, uh, Roma would be tied for fourth place right now which I think, reasonably speaking, should have been the expectations coming into this season uh, to be in and around the Champions League spots and hopefully getting that Champions League spot. I think Roma's in a great position to get Champions League football for next season. And is it was it really disappointing to me in particular that Zaniola left? Of course. But there's a lot to be said for this squad right now. They're putting up results when they need to. And just in general... I'm feeling pretty happy with how the season's been going. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I mean, I think in the most circumstances after a Roma match, it's usually doom and gloom surrounding the club. So that's nothing really new. But um, I, yeah, I agree with everything that Jimmy said. And then going back to Balotti, um, I think the big thing with him is him finally getting fit. He, I yeah. think it was in the post match presser that he was asked about, you know, what's kind of changed for you and he decided his fitness and being able to finally um you know play play and train that the way that he you know he's capable of i think um if i recall correctly he might have been rushing back his fitness a little bit since he missed um training camp to start so the fact that he's fit bodes well for roma for the second half of the season especially if there's a circumstance where cammy's injured um you know he had that cut to the eye which looked horrible um and then if if tammy's having a poor run of form also you have you have a um you know a capable deputy right there that you can trust but i thought he looked good and i think um off the strength of that performance if tammy's not 100 percent fully fit which he's projected to not be probably would have to wear a mask um at best maybe you do go Bellotti, um, up front to start 
Yeah, I think fitness is so important, especially it's important for all players, but I think especially in the type of game that Belotti likes to play, he's someone that likes to press the defenders, press the opposing center backs, and you see him running at guys. And if he's not fit, that takes a lot away from his game because he's not the paciest player. He more relies on on kind of work rate. He's a work rate striker and, and you know, using that to his advantage. And I agree. I think if he's starting to find his form a little bit, at least in terms of fitness and getting shots on target, you know, he had two shots on target yesterday, he had a shot creating action then you can trust him if Tammy's not ready on Thursday because Tammy coming out after, you know, 15 minutes was a little concerning. I say that, but they got the job done without him. Um, and, and I think going back to what Jimmy was saying, but, you know, booing a player like Bove makes no sense to me. He's a 20 year old kid born and bred Roman Romanista. And Mourinho actually in his comments said he's more of a fan than some of the people that were at the stadium yesterday, because he is, a guy and, and Marino said he was on his way to Serie Chi when he arrived and Marino said, no, we're going to keep him around. And that, look, he started a match for Romeo. and he started a couple matches now in, in 2023. So it's a player you got to build up if you're a fan, in my opinion, especially in a win. Uh, you know, it wasn't like he made an egregious error that cost Roma the match or anything. So certainly interesting. I thought hear. he looked pretty assured on the ball yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. And I thought he was, solid. I will say, I will just say that I could spend five episodes worth of this podcast talking about kind of the unrealistic expectations and quite frankly, harmful environment that is often created about around younger players at Roma. Uh, I think we just saw recently that I, to a certain extent, it chewed up and spit out Nicolo Zaniolo. Um, that really bummed me out that Romanisti were booing Bove. I think that they need to like, people often wonder why Serie A isn't as hospitable to younger players compared to a lot of other big leagues and for a third place team the fans of a third place team to be booing a 20 year old who put in a pretty decent shift to maintain that spot in third place like come on like get a grip yeah agreed yeah it's certainly not what you want to you know have a player go through when it's not necessary at all um another player who came back yesterday and i thought looked pretty decent was spinazzola i thought he had a, a pretty solid game moving the ball up the left flank Good to see him back. And I think even though he has many detractors, I think good to have Rick Harsdorf back just from a depth perspective. You know, this guy hasn't played in two months and I, I think put in an outstanding shift by any means. But um, I thought Spina was good. 11 progressive carries um, out of his 32, four successful take-ons out of six. Um, had the assist on the goal for Solbakken. Had uh, two shot creating actions, had that goal creating action. So I thought overall good from Spina Sola because it really frees up Bo, uh, not Bobe, uh, Zalewski, who we saw actually got to come off the bench yesterday, get a little rest, and then play in a more natural attacking position when he did come in. So I think he just gives Mourinho so many more options when you have uh, Spinazzola fit and playing well. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see him in the form he was in prior to the Euros last year, but a, a, a Spinazzola on like 90%, I think, is better than most left backs that Roma could afford to buy. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I would also say that if Spinny is able to play at left wing back, even at 90% of that Euros slash pre-Euros man, just like one of, looking like one of the best players in Europe uh, stage, uh, that should free up Nikola Zalewski in pretty interesting ways. Because one thing that I've been consistently saying is that, yes, it's great that Zalewski has filled in as a left wing back, kind of leaning more towards being an attacker in that role, a la Spinazzola. Um, but at the same time, that's not his natural role when he plays for the Polish national team. That's not the role that he plays in. He's more of a uh, plays more in the middle of the park uh, for Poland. And I'm hopeful 
the two players that I'm the most hopeful for right now in Roma's kind of youth setup, and at this point, you can't even really say Zalewski's in the youth setup, considering how much he's played, but uh, are Zalewski and Bove. And if Zalewski is able to play in his more natural position over the next couple months, because Spinazzola is back to, if not his former self, at least like a facsimile of it, that'll be really good for his development. It'll be really good for Roma long-term as we're looking to, again, build out a squad with depth, a squad with talent, a squad with young players, not necessarily on the most expensive deals. Yeah, I thought it was um, funny. I don't know if either of you caught this, but when Zalewski came on playing in a more, more forward position, the commentator remarked how it wasn't his natural position. Yeah. Um, and I was like kind of but not really um uh, <laughs> uh but yeah Spinazzola looked good I did think he showed some flashes of his Euro form which was awesome to see just from a human human perspective of him coming back from his injury and all that adversity but for Roma that'd be a huge boost if you can recapture even half of that form um and then the you know the Zalewski benefit that you guys mentioned as well as also a plus. Um, I thought when all of them looked very good. I know he was only on for about ten minutes or so, but mm-hmm. he looked pretty. He looked pretty good out there. And I, Mourinho has mentioned how good that he's looked in training, and you can you can see that. Um, so I'm I'm really excited to see some more of him going forward. Yeah, he had the ball down near the corner flag late in the match and beat a couple guys in the dribble, and they kind of uh, knocked it, it off disgusting. him and he recovered it. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was really impressive. And I think if he is finding his, I don't know how many minutes he really has in his legs now for Mourinho's throwing him on just for like the last eight minutes of the match, like he did yesterday, but he is starting to kind of build his way up to a potential start. You know, Juve's in two weeks. Maybe he builds up his minutes over the next few matches. Maybe that's a possibility. I know. I think it's more toward March or April. Let me take a quick look at the calendar, but they have a stretch later in the season. And I mean, this is far down the road, so you, you should hope he's fit by then. But yeah, it's not till April, actually. But April 23rd, it's at Atalanta. April 30th, home for Milan. Midweek match at Monza, and then a, a home match for Inter. Like that four match stretch, depending on what the standings look like before that, could be make or break. And that's when you really want guys like Winhaldum, 90 minute fit. And I'm sure it'll come before then. And hopefully, maybe by the Derby on the 19th of March. But I think he's, I think Mourinho is probably just chomping at the bit to when he knows he's got like 60 minutes in his legs to give it to him because he didn't have a muscular injury. It was, it was a bone injury. So as long as he's built up his fitness, you don't really have to worry about like a relapse of that kind of injury, which I think gives a player a little more confidence than like a Spinazzola, who I think maybe now as he starts to show those flashes, starts to trust his body a little bit more because he's a chronic muscle strain kind of guy. And coming back from Achilles, those are kind of those injuries you could relapse a lot more easy than a break. So hopefully when Haldem's done enough work in the gym to get those muscles strong again, because you can see the flashes of the player that Roma thought they were getting to really be the anchor in the midfield. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that it's hard to tell at this particular moment, just because it's been so long since he's been expected to play 90 minutes. Um, I'm trying to keep my expectations low for the rest of the season, to be quite honest. And I think there's a reason why PSG and Roma are both reportedly interested in extending his loan as opposed to just turning this into a permanent buy option. Uh, But PSG and Roma seem to have like very good relationship period right now. So that also just doesn't surprise me on both ends that they are working together on this. Uh, Yeah, what I've seen from him looks promising. 
At the same time, though, if Cristante can play like he played against Hellas Verona on a regular basis, I'll feel a lot better about maybe not getting full Pine album for like several months because he was fantastic. Let's be honest, like Cristante was fantastic um, yesterday. Yeah, Cristante was great. Um, with one all of them, I think I I think I'm a little bit more optimistic than Jimmy on what his contribution will be the second half of the season, but. Um, I also at the same time don't want to put all of Roma's hopes on the shoulders of one of them coming back from an injury like that. Um, but I think in the little bit that we have seen him play, it's it's similar to the feeling that you got when you saw Dybala play for Roma the first time, where you just noticed that he's a little bit of a class ahead of some of the other guys on the roster, and um, you know, with his experience too, having played in Champions League finals and played on those great Liverpool sides that just, you know, destroyed everything in their path. Um, that's just a great asset to have in the locker room. So, um, you know, I think from an experience perspective, it's going to do wonders if he's able to play some serious minutes like Steve was getting at. But, um, yeah, but at the same time, the the growth of Cristante has been excellent. So, um you know, it's all hands on deck the rest of the way. So hopefully Cristante can keep up that form as well. Yeah, for sure. They're going to need all hands on deck. And when Haldem, if you can get him back to, you know, a, a place where he can play a couple matches a month, start a couple matches a month in this busy stretch. And then Matic has been in pretty good form of late. I think uh, considering he's he's a little bit older, he got yesterday off, but I think he's been playing pretty well. Cristante, like you said, you know, then Bove and Tahirovic become your fourth and fifth options in the midfield in those big matches. And maybe they get the Cremonese type matches and, and those matches or spots off the bench. But um, yeah, I, I think um, if if the reports are true and a loan extension is an option, I think that works best for Roma, considering they've only seen very limited minutes from him so far, depending on how the rest of the season goes. But I also agree with Brandon. I think the little flashes you see, you see that he is just a notch above the other midfielders we have in terms of what he brings to the table. He's a little bit of a different player. And, and that's why Roma made such a big deal about bringing him in after Dybala, right? It was like, wow, we got the forward we need to really help the attack. Then we're going to get the midfielder. And then it was like, boom, gets hurt in training. We, we never got that. But I want to go back to um, Kambula, Jim, because you brought him up. Chris Mullen got his, I guess, fifth yell of the season. yesterday because he'll be out for Cremonese, they said, during the match. Do you think he gets a start or do you think maybe we see – Diego Lorente play because I'm wondering after that mistake against Cremonese if maybe Mourinho is a little iffy on him after that and maybe wants to give the Spaniard a look yeah I mean that's a great question I have no idea what to expect from Diego Lorente um I think that it might feel a little dicey to bring him in for a match that could you know basically end Roma's Europa League hopes if they don't. Oh do no, I was referring to I, Cremonese next Tuesday. Oh, well, for Cremonese, yeah, that should that should be that should be fine. I have no I have no worries with uh with bringing in bringing him in against Cremonese. Uh, and if I yeah, with most midseason signings, I just have zero expectations, and as a result, like it would be great if he could be a replacement level defender i don't know if that's going to happen if he is that's good 
Yeah, I don't know what, what your thoughts are on that, Brian. I know you watch more Premier League than the two of us. I know he was the leads the last couple seasons. Do you think maybe he eclipses Kambula in the pecking order after <laughs> the, the slip up in the um, Copa Italia? Brother, I have no idea. <laughs> Not seen that much leads. But I think I think it's a damning indictment on Kambula if that is the case. I know he did yeah. have that mistake, but he's been – you know, Mar- Mourinho knows what he's getting with Kambula at this point in time. So if uh, Lorente has already passed him in the pecking order, however long that he's been here now, um, that's kind of concerning for Kambula's long-term future with Roma, as promising as the signs have been that he's shown thus far. Um, if he can get some consistent rotational minutes, he might not be long for Roma. Yeah, so... We'll see on Sun, uh, not even Sunday. Next Tuesday they play Cremonese. We'll see if that, um, which way Mourinho goes in the with the suspension of Smalling. But on Thursday it'll be the three big guns in the back. I think there's no question about that. DiBala, we're hoping is fit, right? We're hoping Pellegrini is fit, and we'll see about Tammy. But it'll be interesting to see. They're going to be playing a, a tough Salzburg side that eked out that one nothing victory. There's no bonus for away goals anymore, so Roma really just has to win one nothing irregular time to get it to extra time two one whatever it is they have to win by a goal they win by more than that they're going through if they draw or lose they're obviously out of the Europa League but I mean they lost the first leg to Bodo last year on the road right two one I believe it was and then they had to come back at the Olympico and that was the when they really went to work um so what are you guys expecting on Thursday I didn't get to watch the whole match I, I think Brandon I think you got to watch most of it while you were working I think you said right <laughs> uh hey, I don't snitch on him like that yeah. don't snitch on <laughs> well, him i don't like think that. his bosses are listening to the podcast but you got to see more than you us never out, know right? man yeah, you never know did i have it you on watch the, the replay and, and in the background watch the, the commentary perked up perhaps when the goal went in maybe <laughs> but um yeah I, I i think roma dominated salzburg for for large stretches of the match to the point that i thought they were gonna be the team victorious at the end of the match and so it was such a joke uh, the way that they conceded and seven times out of 10, I think that header goes wide, right. Um, that Salzburg scored on. So I think Roma are well within their capacity to come back on Thursday, but um, it'll, you know, getting, getting an early goal would be crucial. I think if they concede early, you know, it, it might be a wrap um, just because it might be too steep a hill for this team to climb, especially with, the other objectives they have going on in the league. So it'll be crucial to get that first goal. But I think with the packed Olympico behind them, it's, you know, a very feasible that they'll, that will make it happen. Yeah. I think so first goal is actually behind them. <laughs> I do think first goal is important. I think if you go down two, it gets tough. I mean, this is a team with, with some European pedigree last year, they made it to the uh, champions league knockout rounds and gave, Bayern a hell of a hard time in the in their home leg and then got absolutely destroyed I think in Munich in the second leg but they they do have experience playing big sides and bigger than Roma even so I do think if Roma gets the first goal the Olympico probably explodes right the, the crowd gets behind the team and then hopefully they find a second the the only thing that worries me about Roma this year is that sometimes it's hard to find that second goal um so you got to hope that they don't concede, right? And maybe at worst you go 1-1 into extra time. And if you have to go more, you go more. But I'm curious to see, and I think it's very important that Dybala is available in some capacity um, for them to get the win because the offense without him sometimes is there's not much going on. 
Yeah, but what a way for Solbakken to introduce himself. He scores. Oh, wait, be. he can't even play. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, oh is so he tied annoying. to uh, Bodo in the uh, Europa League? No, it's, it was some stupid rule. They made some stupid decision of, because related to financial fair play, right? Like mm. that they said Solbakken couldn't reg- register. I remember reading. Yeah, that. I'm looking at the match from last week. I don't know if he was on the bench or not. I don't think he's even able to be on the bench. Yeah. Yeah, so that that, yeah, that really well, that... limits the attacking options then, because El Shirari, like yeah. we just said, he's been playing a lot of minutes that he hasn't been playing. So you know he's been good when he's played, but does he have ninety in him? I don't know um, at this point. So yeah. yeah, he was not on the bench. So it's really Volpato becomes the the next option, especially if Abraham misses out, then you don't even have the option of playing two strikers if you need to. They did say so. that they're putting a, they're going to probably give him a face mask and hope. Yeah, for the I'd best. imagine. So I'm plays. hoping that he'll. I... Yeah, I think that he's also in the kind of mode, both in terms of pretty good form recently and still very much having something to prove post-World Cup uh, that I would be shocked if he doesn't at least try to play. Yeah. Rip Hamilton style. Remember Rip Hamilton from uh, yeah, back yeah, yeah. Day with the Pistons? That guy, he broke, I guess, broke his nose or whatever. And then he just wore it like the rest of his career. He just enjoyed it. That, that's how Oziman's going to be. Oziman's been doing it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Heck, if he could turn him into the Osteman form that we've been seeing this year, I'll I'll let him wear that oh mask God, all day please. long. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I we all agree. I think first goal matters. It'll be interesting to see. I I get this week off as a teacher, so I'm looking forward to actually getting to watch a, a European match, be able to sit down for the first time since last year's Conference League final, really. Um, and then it's Cremonese on Tuesday, which is an awkward kind of thing, but it's a nice thing that Roma's getting those couple extra days of rest, um, which they don't always get after a a Thursday match. Usually a lot of times it's Thursday, Sunday. So I'll, I'll take the extra time and, and miss half the match at work or whatever. Maybe I'll catch them on lunch, but can't argue with extra rest for the, for the guys, especially with Juve looming the next Sunday. So it's going to be an interesting stretch. I think we all agree. Cremonese is a must, must win. Um, if there ever was one in terms of the table, because that's a, the worst team in the league. <laughs> the team that has yet to win a league match. They did win at the Olympico though, of course, in the Coppa Italian and managed a, uh, a win against Napoli and penalties in the Coppa Italia. So they, they have potential, but they have not done it in the league. And Roma needs to win that. And I was just looking at the calendar. Milan plays out a lot to head-to-head. So it's another week where Roma has an opportunity to move further ahead of those two teams. If they draw or if one of them loses, Roma can really open up a gap on Atalanta, say, up to six, possibly. So a uh, big match for Roma in just a, about a week's time after the, the Europa League. Is it time to crash out of everything yeah. and focus on the league? Some would no, say that. Do. I hate that. Some would say that. that. I don't want to see them crash I out. Say, I, w- I would yeah. say that. But. If they lose on Thursday, it, giving their best effort and Salzburg just finds a way, so be it. But I do not want to see um, anybody. And Mourinho's not going to do it. We know Mourinho. He won't just crash out on purpose. Yeah. But um, I, I hate when people say that. Like That's like what Lazio does every time they make Europe. Like, okay, you qualify for Champions yeah. League. Yeah. And yeah, Roma's they all really do been, it. Roma's been the standard bearer in Serie A for, bearer, for a yeah. while now. Um you know, yep. Juve tries, but they crash out somehow, even when they were winning the league every year. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we at least win, and then we take our shot against somebody else in the next round if we get one of those bigger teams at, like, an Arsenal or somebody that dropped out of uh, – I don't think they could even – I don't know how the, the draw works. I, th- I guess they would get a group winner, but not a ton of them scare you, I don't think, in terms of group winners, besides Arsenal at this point. So – I take my chances against a Freiburg or or Feyenoord or Sociedad, you know, give me anybody but Arsenal if Roma can get through. Yeah, I think Roma can make a nice run in here and uh, we'll see how 
late they get Arsenal, because but I would imagine that that might be the final if yeah if things it, go it, certain it's ways. It's them, and then it's that United Barcelona winner. I think that was a two-two match yeah. that was back and forth. Um, and United's really finding their form, but yeah, hey. United against Karsdorp are replicating Ronaldo against Florenzi. <laughs> Rashford just like <laughs> ripping down that wing. Yeah. <laughs> but um guys anything you want to leave the listeners with before thursday's match hmm. i got nothing uh, i have no words of optimism <laughs> it's a thursday <laughs> hey so just hey, look uh, yeah yeah my word my words of optimism are hey maybe don't boo the 20 year old on thursday and yeah. uh they might be able to pull That's off the win words be nicer <laughs> just be 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 kind to each other, please, for the love of Christ. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. just on a, a more serious note, I know you guys heard about all the cuts to the SB Nation podcast. We we are keeping the podcast going. That is a definite now. We've been us and Brent have been talking. That will be for sure. Probably a Patreon coming out in the in the near future. So keep an eye out for that to help support our work since we're losing that uh, SB Nation connection. But We'll keep you updated through the site, through Twitter, and uh, next week's podcast will be our last one as an SB Nation podcast. But hopefully you guys won't have to tune in anywhere else. The stream should remain the same and everything else. But keep an eye out for all the updates. And we thank you, as always, for listening and supporting our work. And uh, hopefully we'll be back next week talking about a couple more Roma wins.